very special sentiments in today's service. It's going to be amazing. And just in case you are joining us here for the very first time, um, you are joining us at a very uh, important part of the session where we get to actually look back at some of the important keynotes we've taken um, from our man of God, Pastor Neil, during the past services. So we've been talking about kingdom order. And this has been one of the most uh, inspiring messages that uh, I personally have encountered from Pastor And it, 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 it gives uh, the right perspective to the arrangement of things as pertaining to God. And this has been an awesome time of teaching, awesome time of power, awesome time of intimacy with the Holy Ghost. We've had various experiences here on the set. And I'm sure if you've been connected, um, through the previous services, you enjoyed every bit of it. And, you know, uh, coming to my very able and powerful coach, Pastor Sir, thank you, Sir, for the opportunity to be on set with you this morning. Uh, sir, you've been teaching us on kingdom order, teaching us on kingdom order for the past weeks. And emphasis has been so much made on the importance of getting things right first. Uh, Seth, um, we would like to, to uh, for you to give us a brief uh, recap on some of the things that were discussed. You've given us so far about four major keys in, in, in Kingdom Order, Seth. And so we'd like you to, first of all, uh, you spoke about the law of the first, Seth. All right, I'll, I'll take off. First of all, um, let's pray. Let's pray. Yes, Lord. Here we are lifting our hands to you. Here we are giving you thanks for all you do as we praise, worship your hope. Father, we bless you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So for the past weeks, we've been taking the topic, Kingdom Order. And um, I, I made sure that I explained very well the things that pertain to this kingdom. You see, first of all, we need to understand that we are in a kingdom. When we're born again, the Bible says that we're born into the kingdom of his dear son. All right? We were uh, saved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So, we were born into a kingdom. And we need to know how kingdoms function. You see, it's one of the things that we need to really trumpet in the body of Christ. That we belong to a kingdom. And... 
for us to, like I said some time ago, I said sometimes people create a character for God and they expect God to fit into that character, all right? And it doesn't work like that. So they have to understand they've come into a kingdom and the, the, that kingdom has its set and protocols, all right? That kingdom has things that are, are working in the kingdom that um, are responsible for victory, are responsible for glory, are responsible for um, honor and beauty, you see? So... People come into the kingdom of God and they immediately want God to be a genie or they expect things to just move in a particular way. You know, some people become born again and they hang their brain. You see, so, so that's what um, inspired or, or the, the, the Holy Ghost began to teach me on kingdom order. All right. And listening to messages from a man of God, you can see a particular sequence. I want, I'd like to start first of all with um, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. All right, Jesus Christ said, um, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. You see, uh, uh, let me share a scripture with you. Paul said something. He said that every man should take heed how he builds. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. He says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. He said, But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. He didn't say every man should take heed what he builds. All right? He says, Every man should take heed how he builds thereupon. So, not, you see, I told some people, I said, It's not as much what you're building. But how you build. See, how you build. God, remember when Moses went to the mountain to go and meet God and God wanted Moses to um, build the tabernacle. He told him that he should build according to the pattern. So you see, God cares about the order. He cares about what comes first. In the world, the end justifies the means. In the kingdom, it is not so. In the kingdom, it can be rejected because it did not go through the order. And for you to see the, the hand of God and to see results God's way and his acceptance and approval, it will have to go through the kingdom order. So sometimes um, people mis, misplace the order. It's like building a house and you start roofing before foundation. That's definitely going to be a problem. And the kingdom, like the, the, book say, um, the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8, it says that, that if the first fruit is holy, the lamp also is holy. That's the kingdom order. If the first food is holy, remember what Jesus Christ said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. He said, if the first food be holy, the lamp also is holy. That means in the kingdom, what starts is what determines the rest. So what starts is what determines the rest. So the kingdom order, what order does God want this to take? What order does God want this to take? For you to see the hand of God and for you to see the glory of God, how would you see, um, how would you arrange the following things? What are the things that should be first? He said, if the first fruit is holy, the lamp also is holy. He said, if the root also be holy, so the tree is also holy. That means um, the first fruit holy, the lamp holy. That means the first fruit is holy, everything becomes fine. That, that's why the same thing he says, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, pay attention. Anything within the middle, pay attention. Anything within the middle, it's not recorded. It's not recorded. 
Because in the kingdom order, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. What happens in the middle is not recorded. I am first and the last. So there is a kingdom order for the law of the first. When the Lord permits us, we'll talk about the law of the last. So anything that happens in the middle is not recorded because everything that happens in the middle is called all other things. They are not named. So it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, it's not like the kingdom of God is one and his righteousness is another. All the two are the same thing he's talking about. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's the same thing. All of them are first. It didn't say seek ye first the kingdom of God and then seek his righteousness and all that things. No, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So all of them are the first. Then all other things shall be added unto you. So the, the, the understanding of the kingdom principles is what puts a believer over. It's what puts a Christian over. It's what gives him, you know, you know the, the God's people, a, a lot of God's people lack, you know, when we have programs and we see healings and miracles and we see the move of God and you see a lot of people thronging into God, you realize that a lot of people are really, really deficient. Not, they are not deficient in the general knowledge of God. Most of them know a lot of things about God. You see, they know a lot of things about God. The general knowledge is there. God is good. God is great. God is, is kind. You know, the general knowledge is there. But the specific knowledge of God, that's where the, the, the problem is. You see, the accurate knowledge of God. If this happens, this is what I should do. If that happens, this is what I should do. I remember I, I was having a discussion with you, asking me some things about miracles, signs, and wonders. And I was telling you, I said, you were telling me about how um, one lady went to a meeting by a great man of God who heals the sick, and the lady was not healed, so they were bitter. And I said, because they, they breach certain laws. They breach, so I told you, so I told you, if somebody is sick, this is what you should do. You did it and you got the, the accurate knowledge of God is very, very important. For the general knowledge, everybody knows it. They that know their God shall be stronger. So we know a lot of things about God. If they tell all of us to write a poem about God, we'll have a lot to say. Okay? But the accurate knowledge of God, the kingdom order, what is the order in which God expects the building? Very, very key. Thank you so much, sir. In, in line with what you just discussed with the kingdom order, I remember you gave us some pointers some in, in, in your delivery, and you said that in this kingdom, um, we, we reign by serving. Now, uh, we have people who have sent in their questions concerning the various teachings that you gave in the kingdom order. And as pertaining to this particular one, someone is asking, he says, what if you find yourself in a place where there's no opportunity to serve? Um, um, when, when peculiar people, particular people are given specific things to do and they are always held out, does that mean you can't reign? You see, now when we talk about serving, that's where the issue is. You know, people immediately equate serving, okay? They immediately equate serving to like a serving food or serving. That's a kind of service, but really that's not, that's not all there is to service, okay? And nobody can ever say, once there is a, a, a soul who is not saved in this world, nobody can ever say that he does not have um, opportunity to serve. You know, because yesterday, I remember I, I, I was, when we were having the, the worship night, we sang a song, said, I do my best, Jesus, I do my best. And we've gone to camp, people have sang, I will serve you, Lord. And when they're done, they go and sleep. You see, they're done, they're going to sleep. No, when you say you want to serve God, you know, the first thing you have to understand is, it starts on, 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 the, on the premise of priesthood. You know, the kingdom order actually is priesthood. The kingdom order is priesthood. So it's not 
you don't, it's not about being in a department. Being in a department is a kind of service. All right? And, and truly, let me tell you something. The reason why I'm still enforcing that it is priesthood is even to be, to be in a technical department is priesthood. You will need the anointing of God to be there. To be an usher. It's true. But so, sometimes some people um, pick people, all right? Pick people, oh, this girl is nice. She used to usher outside and, you know, she has come and she's, let, her, let's, let us make her usher in church. It doesn't mean the person, now, remember in the Bible, the Bible is called, a man called Bezalel. The Bible says, God said he had put his spirit upon him in skill and in wisdom to construct a tabernacle. So it's not about who is a carpenter in the, in the camp. It's about who God has put his spirit upon to do it. Because it is not accepted of God if it is not beautified and garnished by the spirit. Anything that is in, not initiated by the spirit does not make it into truth. Hmm. Wow. So say it's, not, it's not so much about what we are doing for God. It's, it's primarily where it is initiated from. Yes, it is where it is initiated from and the emphasis. And the emphasis. Now, for example, look at um, the, the, the man who wanted to help the, the Ark of the, uh, the Covenant. He wanted to put the Ark of the Covenant there and then. While the Ark of the Covenant was about, he wanted to volunteer. He wanted to help God. But we don't help God. See, we don't help God. So I said they love the first, the, the, um, the, the, the key thing is priesthood. The law of the first, the kingdom of that, the law of the first. What comes first matters. You know, in, in cooking food, all right, sometimes you can turn it upside down. You can um, decide to put, I'm not so good at cooking, but I'm not good at all yet. So, you can decide to put your ingredients, the, the second the last ingredients, you know, because some people say we steam before we fry, some say we fry before we steam, you know, people, different people have different things to say. No, I remember some people fought over this thing. This one said, my mother steamed before he fried. This one said, my mother cooked before he steamed. All right, so people say different things, but it's not so with building. Now, remember, I used the, 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 the scripture concerning building. It's not so with building. When it comes to building, the foundation always has to come first. It doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. When you start it with pillars, you're going to have a problem. And Jesus Christ talked about it in Matthew chapter 7. Talked about two people who built. He said what they built upon was the problem. Not the beauty of the building. What they built upon was the problem. So when it has to do with God, it has to do with the kingdom of God, there's a lot of emphasis on what comes first. So he said, if the first fruit be holy, the lamp also is holy. Say um, just to help some people who might be leaders um, in various capacities in, in churches all around the world. Um, in building them, because now we are dealing with kingdom order and, and matters that, um, things that come first, what would you say would be the first uh, teachings or foundations to lay with the people of God that God has given to you? How do you start? Because we have cell leaders, we have pastors all around and um, they want to know how to, you know, progressively build the people to well, with, with, with in, in terms of the kingdom order building. 
the kingdom order of building men. Now, first of all, I'd like, to, I'd like to say that there's nobody God has sent who has something to say. There's nobody God has sent who has something to say. If you feel God has sent you, you have something to say. God didn't send you. Let, let's, let me show you something, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, I start from verse 5. So you see the calling of Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. All right? Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. Then God said, he said, but the Lord said unto me, say not I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. The same happened with Ezekiel when he was about to bring back the bones. He said, I prophesied as I was commanded. So there's nobody God has sent who has something to say. Bible says that he who is sent of God, he says, speak the words of God. You can't have your idea. You can't have your opinion. That is why the first thing that you must introduce anybody who wants to do anything for God, no matter the, the ramification, no matter the department, no matter what, you must introduce the people to prayer. Because that is where you, are, you, you, are, you, are, you borrow words. Now, Paul said something. He said, um, uh, I received of the Lord that which I deliver unto you. you understand? So that's the, that's the biggest and the... the, the, the the most accurate way of leadership, I receive of the Lord, I deliver. I receive of the Lord, I deliver. That is it. When, you, when God sends you, and you think because he has sent you, you have something to say, and you rush out, I think you will crash. You would have a problem. So the first thing that you, 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 you teach God's people to do is to pray. The first thing is to pray. The, 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 there's a great man, I think Charles Spurgeon, he said, I would rather teach... Um, I think one person to pray than 10 people to preach. Yeah, he said, I would rather teach one person to pray than 10 people to preach. I'm paraphrasing, but it's a, he, he will teach more people to, he, he's trying to say that one person who is praying is more powerful than 10 people who are preaching. And that is actually very true. Prayer. Prayer. That's the first one. See, that's why I said it's priesthood. And one of the first things that, that you see in priesthood is prayer. Remember when we shared on the law of the first, I talked about God said, let the priest lead the war. So when there's a war, um, you, you, you don't start thinking, where are the best soldiers? No, when they prayed, God told them, he said, for, for you to win this war, the priest will need to lead the war. So they're not going to function with their mind. They're not going to function with what they think. The priest will have to lead the war. So priesthood, in the kingdom order, when something happens or you, 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 you want something, I would say that in all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, consider him in all your ways. I would say, the heart of a man devised plans, but I said, the Lord knows the way. You understand? So, it's, it's, it's so imperative. Every Christian needs to make prayer his first response to anything. Is any man afflicted in the book of James? Let him pray. You see, people will try everything. When it doesn't work, then they now come to God. That's a wrong order. Your first response to anything is to pray. Now, there are times I have, I have been in certain situations where you, you see that there's actually no way out. And immediately, I just need to calm down. So be anxious for nothing. The first thing I do is to start praying. Immediately, I start praying, then the wisdom of God comes. The first thing God does to you when you start praying and rely on the Holy Ghost is that he brings a calmness. You see, you realize that, no, 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 you shouldn't be fearful. You shouldn't be 
um, uh, jittering all over the place. You go, go to tell you, calm down, calm down, calm down. I got this, calm down. Then as you keep praying, it now starts leading you. Okay, do this and do that. So prayer is so key for, the, for, for, for every believer. You need, you need a prayer culture. You see, a lot of people pray when they feel like praying. You need a, a you know, no Christian, any Christian who does not have um, a consistent prayer life will see a lot of defeats. See, so prayer, when you're, when you're building, one of the first things, the kingdom order is prayer. So the first thing I talked about on that day was prayer. And, and, and we need to teach a lot of God's people to learn to pray, to learn to pray, to learn how to take quality time to pray. So that brings us to, to our next question for today. Um, Seth, if you want to know, um, in, in, in your teachings, we, we see um, sometimes we talk about long hours of prayer. Um, Seth, but given the kind of audience that might be listening, we have people doing different jobs at different times. How do we balance the long hours of prayer if we have such a working hour? Shadows that do not permit us so much as so to pray that long. Is there an alternative, maybe uh, splitting it? Is there another way we can achieve the same results as we should in prayer? There are different kinds of prayer. You see, there are different kinds of prayer. When you see the ministry of Jesus, there were times he prayed short prayers. There were times he prayed long prayers. There were times he prayed all night. There were times he prayed all day. You see, so there are different kinds of prayers. If you are doing, you're working, you're doing different things at different times, there are certain prayers you might not be able to pray because you're working, right? But the truth is, nobody has no time. It's all about priorities, right? And I, I taught some people, I said, you cannot eat enough not to eat for the next three days. Like Monday, I've eaten a lot. I'm not eating till Wednesday. No, you will still be hungry on Tuesday. I was like, the mercies of God, he said, they are new every morning. That means there's always cash out every day with God. Give us this day. So there is always something new with God every day. That's why we need to make prayer a, a, a thing rather of consistency than... Uh, um, the longevity matters. I'm a very big advocate for long prayers, long hours of prayers. But I also believe in being more consistent with it. Because if you pray 10 hours on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, you've not prayed, you are cheating yourself. Because you cannot eat enough not to eat for the next three days. Yes, sir. So long hours of prayer do not uh, lift up consistency. No, 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 no. So you, you look at your schedule and you scheme according to your schedule. For example, we, 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 we can make, for example, if long hours of prayer is like two hours, you have to pray two hours a day. And when you look at your schedule, you might not be able to do that. All right, divide it into four. Early in the morning. Sometime in the day, 30 minutes. Early in the morning, 30. 30. When you close to like 30, when you're about to sleep, another 30. Just speaking for 30 minutes. 30 minutes will just come right now. Just finish. And you're down to two hours. And you need the culture. You see, the, the most important thing is the culture. Then when you have the opportunity, you do the long prayers. When you have the opportunity, like on a Saturday, you do the long prayers. You do the long prayers. But when there is an issue, when there is a situation that will require that you put in some more effort, you need to make time to pray. There's no shortcut. 
There's no shortcut to it. God, God does not understand. Some people say God understands. No. God can understand. The devil doesn't. <laughs> so, um, another question. So, um, in light with what you just said about different kinds of prayers, um, so how do you know which kind of prayer to tackle concerning a given situation? For example, uh, someone who has or might be in a, an ailment of some kind and is uh, most of the time we hear about the, the, the faith, the putting their faith to work. But if, if we want to activate the law of prayer, how, which which dimension of prayer do we activate? Supplication, intercession, the prayer of faith. What? How do we know which one to 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 activate at what situation? One time I said I said in the kingdom of God. All right. Truly. Heh, what I want to say might sound heretic. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm calming down on it. It might sound heretic. I was about to say in the kingdom of God, there's no answer. The answer is what God says it is. Because you hear some people say, I acted my faith and I got my healing. Someone will say, I came to the crusade. I didn't even have faith. I got healed. Someone will say, I came and worshipped. I got healed. Do you understand? So there's no answer. The only answer is the instruction God gave. Because the power is only in the word of God. You see, so most of the time, what we do is, you are supposed to, you know, when, when I taught on matters of the spirit, I, I said, what we do is when we pray, a lot of the time when you begin to pray about a situation, listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. What is his direction of prayer? Don't say, I prayed. No, what the Holy Spirit tells you to do as a result of the prayer you were praying. So, sometimes as you pray, all the knowledge of God you have about the thing, faith is there, intercession is there, supplication is there, all the, all the knowledge is jammed up in there. Seed sowing, you know it, you know confessing the word, all those things are there. But you need to know which one. Bible says, he that searches the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. And so, so the, the spirit of God works with your spirit as a scan. So, they begin to scan and give you the answer. Okay, this one will require faith. You know that you need to embark on faith. So don't just stand up and say, when well, I need to act my faith. No, you're going to get it wrong. Because faith is hatched. Faith, I said faith is hatched. Faith is not a mental ascent. You can't say, I have faith. No, it has to be hatched. Like a hen will have to, will have to brood over an egg till the faith. You see, when faith is born, nothing can stop it. Just like when the chick is ready, it comes out. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Um, so, moving on to the next line of teaching that you gave concerning the teaching of God's word in, in, in line with kingdom, kingdom order. Yes, so, we have all around the world different doctrines, teachings. Um, how do we know which one to take? For example, we have Young minister, young people who gave their life to Christ not too long ago, and you know, in an attempt to grow, they listen. They listen all around sometimes. How do we? How, how does one know what to take in the world of so much uh, teaching? I want to show you a scripture. Um, just a second. Malachi chapter 2, 
verse 7. He says, for the priest lives. Now, remember that the law of the, um, the, the, law of the first is priesthood. Okay, he said, for the priest lives should keep knowledge. And they should seek the law at his mouth. For he's the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So he says, the priest lives should keep knowledge. And they should seek the law at his mouth. That means every child of God, it's not about being a pastor. Every child of God needs the accurate knowledge of God's word. Make sure you're paying attention. Every child of God needs the accurate knowledge of the word of God. Now, the, the, the Bible says that it's a study to show yourself approved. Now, the, one of the law of the first is teaching. Teaching the word of God. Now, we cannot even talk about teaching until we have talked about you studying. Right? It's a study to show yourself approved unto God. Then he used a word. He said, a workman. Now, hold on. Let me explain what, what a workman is. When you see the four living creatures, all right, there is the, the lion, there is the eagle, there is the man, and there is the ox. The ox is the representation of priesthood because the ox is hard work. So the, the, the parallelism in the scripture, knowing that the ox is priest, how do we know? The Bible talks about, talk, concerning the priest, it said, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treaded the corn. Talking about, you should give what belongs to the priest to the priest. So the parallelism, the ox is actually the priest. Now, he says the workman, that means the, 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 the workman is the one he's talking about. The priest should do what? Should study to show himself approved unto God. So, he says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman, that needed not to be ashamed. So, you cannot be a workman if you have not worked God into you. You see? So, the studying is how you work the word of God. Now, he says something. He said rightly dividing. That means there's a wrong way of dividing. There's a wrong way of dividing. Now, you don't just, when the talk, Bible talks about the, the people at, at Berea, Bible says that they were noble than those at Thessalonica. Is that because they went and they checked those things. You see, every Christian must make up his mind to check the scriptures and study the scriptures for himself. The law of the first. The priest, Bible says that the priest is supposed to teach the people what is common and what is not common. A lot of God's people get it wrong because they don't even know the understanding. No, so when we ask some people right now that, what is the um, opposite of holy? They will say sin. No. The opposite of righteousness is sin. So what's the opposite of holy? Holy is not a result of actions. Holiness is a state. How does that state? The state of holiness is when God arrives at a place. Common ground. When God arrived there, he said, Moses, remove your son. For where thou standest is a holy ground. So what, when, if the presence of God comes upon a goat, it becomes a holy goat. You see, so the, 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 the priests are supposed to teach the people. The, the people. The, I would say the, the Lord is supposed to be found out his mouth. I mean, when you go to a priest, when you go to a, a normal Christian, he should be able to decipher the ways of God. So we have a lot of uh, um, immature Christians because a lot of them don't study. Now, be, how, how, no, many times when we, when we go, today we are having service and I'm doing a teaching. Some people, some Christians will sleep. Call for, call for a miracle and prophecy. They'll be there. You know, when we have, when you have miracle service, you have overflow. When you say you're having a teaching, word conference teaching, you, nobody will appear. I remember when uh, the Insta Instagram live session, I was having the, the prophetic night. The numbers just kept going up. Ka, ka, ka. We were just joining. We were just joining. 
Prophesy to me, sir. Prophesy to me, sir. Everybody was now sending me requests. Please, prophesy to me, sir. Prophesy to me, sir. The next day, I began to teach on the book of Romans. <laughs> the number halved. The number went into half. Why? They will come there. It's teaching Bible. But they don't know that is the secret. Because in the kingdom order, you see, what you don't know is your deficiency. See, it's your deficiency. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. And actually, that he was actually talking to the priest. Wow. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Sir, we'll, we'll quickly go to the next line of teaching. You, you spoke to us about perspective. About perspective. And you said um, in, in kingdom order, we have to inquire of um, God's perspective of, of, on, on matters, on issues. I said, first of all, um, someone would like to know, how do I involve God in my decision making? Does everything have to do with praying? When I, I want to take a decision, some decisions need quick answers, maybe right on the spot, and you want to involve God in that. How do you um, involve God in all your decisions? All right. First of all, let me say something about decision making. Disappointment is only a function of self timing. When you time yourself and you give time range to what you are looking for, that is when you'll be disappointed. So a lot of the times, you think God is late. You are rather in a hurry. You see, it's, it's something that God's people like must be taught and understand. Perspectives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. When you come into any situation, you should be thinking of the kingdom of God. You see, that's, that's what I want you to get. When you come into any situation, think of what bearing does this situation have on the kingdom. Like, for example, I talked during the live session, the day we had a prayer session. I said, I said, when you see people talking against a man of God, don't be happy, whether you like him or not. You know, because that blow is not to him alone. That jab is to him. And what it will do is that it will now weaken a side of the body. Because over there, the, the, that impeachment. Now, Jesus Christ said, when you have an issue with your brother. Now, that pastor that you are saying must be called to other because he's doing one or two wrong things. He said, he's, part, he's a brother. All right? Bible says, if you have an issue with a brother, we should take it to, they are probably called someone who is higher than him. We should take it to the church. All right? So we should go to, we should look for someone who can talk to him and let the person talk to him. Not that we take the Lord to our own hands, then we jump on social media. I'll talk about that today. We jump and we start bastardizing the people. And sometimes pastors get involved in that. And they do name calling and say that we need to talk to this person. It is wrong. He is our brother. We've not, had, we've not made any attempt to reach the person, to tell the person what he's doing is wrong. or to get. We've not made any attempt. The next thing we come out, so what are we doing? What are we doing? We are justifying ourselves. But Jesus Christ said something. He said, before you remove the peck from somebody's eyes, he said, remove the lamp in your eyes. What is he trying to say? He's saying, the fact that you have seen a peck in somebody's eye, meaning there's a lamp in your eye. It takes a lamp in your eye to see a peck in somebody's eye. Because to the pure, things are pure. So, uh, uh, another question on perspectives. So, when your desires are all over the place, you have young people, great ambitions, a lot of ambitions and goals. And you find it hard hearing what God has to say 
is it right to seek someone's um, view on the matter? Maybe an authority in that field or something like that? Yes. You know, when it comes to kingdom perspectives, it's very important that when you perceive in yourself that you are not really mature spiritually, you need to um, uh, listen. Aside listening to the Holy Spirit, you also need to listen to people who are ahead of you. But always confirm that they are authorities in that field. Um, and also consider sometimes, not all the time, because sometimes there are some people who have knowledge of that particular skill who are not necessarily having the Spirit of God. All right? But sometimes you need to consider whether they have the Holy Ghost. You know, because sometimes people give you good advice. It doesn't make it a God advice. No, it's not necessarily a God advice. So when it comes to kingdom perspective, you, want, you, you know, when you're young, you have so many desires. You see, and when I say when you're young, I'm young too, so I understand all of you. Honestly, people think I don't understand, but I'm, I should be one of the people who understands. I understand all of you, and especially when you're a guy, I don't know, I, I can't really tell for the girls. But when you're a guy, a lot of, you know, you want to really make it. And I understand. Because once you are done with national service, your parents even stop giving you money. They are trying to push you off the cliff. So, you know, you really need to make it. And in this uh, era where you can't even propose to a girl without having money, in, in certain, you know, set, okay, let me say, you can't propose to certain kind of girls. You know your level. The one that you, you take the gospel of Ebe to. You understand? <laughs> you know? So, so when it, it happens like that, there, there's, um, you want to rush. You want to rush. But you need to be very careful. Take your time. All right? Listen to the Holy Ghost. He has a plan. Nobody here sitting, nobody in your room right now, nobody in your room right now is, you, you are not a surprise to God. He, he knows, he knows, he knows. And he's a good God. We are not about to start a new narrative of God. He's a good God. And he has everything concerning our life well planned out. So you need to trust God's leading and always subscribe to God's leading. Now, sometimes I have been in church for so many years. Sometimes people think, I've been in church, I've been in church, I've been in church, and they stay in church for, for a while and say it's not working and they go out there. If God can help you, think about it. If God can help you, you can't be helped. And let me tell you what the devil does. When those people walk out, they start making money. The devil has them where he, where he wants them. Does the, can the devil give people money? Yes! He told Jesus Christ that, oh, I'll give you, oh, he can. He can. So they walk out there. But you see, always see God's perspective. God wants you well. God wants you rich, but he wants it his way as well. So we're going to first love. You, you spoke to us about first love. And um, that was one of the firsts. That you to Another law of the first, first love. That's love for God. Love for God, sir. Yes, sir. Sir, a very recurring question, I believe. People are asking, how do you maintain? How do you maintain your first love? Let's go to that scripture, Revelation chapter 3. 
I don't want to give you my mind on it. Let's see what God has to say about it. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. Revelation chapter 2. In darkest nights, you were close like no other. Hey, hey. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived. The goodness of God. All right. So, um, verse 4. He says, Nevertheless, I have someone against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Okay? Now, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Now, he says here, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of this place. The candlestick, there's the menorah, all right? And that menorah has um, fire on it. That's one of the ways, uh, reasons why we equate love to fire. Because love works like fire. Remember when you put on fire, boom. That's how love starts, boom. Are you getting it? Love starts like that, boom. Okay. When it starts like that, fire has a tendency. That's the same with love. Fire has a tendency. Fire has a tendency to go out. That's why I told them in the book of Leviticus, the fire must not go out. God started the fire, but he says that it must not go out. God initiated the fire, but he says don't let it go out. So God gives us the um, responsibility of maintaining the fire. So the fire upon the altar must be maintained. So it is our responsibility. So how do you maintain the fire? God starts the fire. The fire starts, boom. All of a sudden, you find yourself in love with God, but it can go out. The fact that God started doesn't mean it can go out. It can go out. So how do you maintain it? The first one, the first thing you do, you maintain it. There are prayer enhancers. Listen, no matter how, how powerful your 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 fire is, if you put the fire in the wrong environment, two things can happen. Either the fire will overpower the environment or the environment will overpower the fire. So you need to give a lot of attention to, to um, what you expose the fire to. Prayer is one of the, um, one time I said, prayer is the refrigeration of holy things. Anything God gives us. Bible says that that good thing you receive from God is kept by the Holy Ghost. So, anything we receive from God is kept by the Holy Ghost. Kept on the altar of prayer. So we pray, we pray, and anytime we find ourselves praying and studying the word and meditating, what are we doing? We are digging deeper into the desire. Do you understand? Because it said deep calls unto what? Deep. Deep does not call unto, unto end. No. So, you know, sometimes you deep, you dig deep, and you think that when you dig deep, it ends. No. In the spirit, deep calls unto deep. So, the more you pray, the more you find yourself in love with God, the, find, the more you find yourself, you know, so it's very, very important to pray. Another thing that also helps keep the fire, apart from the prayer, is the convocation of the saints. That's why it's so important that even in the, in the face of this lockdown and this whole quarantine, um, 
you have to find yourself when we are having live sessions, you join. When we are having worship services, you join. When we are having Sunday service, you join. You have to make up your mind to join all these things because they are so key in your upbringing. Bible says, not forsaking of ourselves together as the man of son is. Now, the word forsaking over there, Paul used a certain strange Greek word. He used ek kata lopis. It's three words together. Which means, the forsaking there means, the ek means behind, kata means by the side, and um, lopis means out. That means, anytime you forsake the assembling of ourselves, that is why you are behind, that is why you are by the wayside, and that's why you are out. There's nobody who is depressed, eh? who keeps coming to church, that doesn't change. Because you see, when we come to church, we release energy. We release energy. It's something we don't see. That's why, no matter how much we do online service, it will, it, we still miss, miss meeting together. Because there's something that, that also supplies. There's an energy we emit. That we don't see with our eyes. But by the time we are leaving church, we are so full. It's just, not just the, the praises. Not just, no, something happens in service. So I know so many people who come to me, they are depressed. I said, keep coming to church. As they keep coming to church, they keep hearing the word of God. And, and they open their spirit to the word of God. They keep hearing the word of God. All of a sudden, their depression lifts. You see? It's so important that we always find ourselves together. So I've talked about prayer and staying of the word. I've talked about the environment. All these things enhance prayer. There's a third one that you must pay attention to. A lot of people don't realize that. Once fire doesn't have anything to burn, it will go out. You see, once fire doesn't have anything to burn, it will go out. So the way to maintain your fire is to make sure that that fire is burning something. So you cannot receive a desire for God and not work for God. When you receive a desire for God, you must win souls. You must do something because the more you do something, the more indebted you become. To, to the system of God. You see, a, like for example, it is more difficult for a cell leader to leave church than for a normal member. Because that cell leader, if he wants to leave church, he remembers his members. It will take a high level of apostasy for the cell leader to say, I'm leaving my members because your, your members are like children you are giving birth to. So even when you are bitter and you are angry, when you want to take a, a decision of leaving church, you remember your members. So it is also very easy for a leader who is not producing results to also leave church because he has nothing at stake. Is how to maintain your first love. Yes, that's what he says over there. He says, remember from where thou art fallen and repent. Repent means change your mind. Or they change the way you are doing the things. Then he says, Remedy, do the first works. Go and do the first works. So first, your love made you do the works. Now God says to get the love, also just walk backward. Use the works to get back to love. You know, following God is very delicate. It's a very delicate thing. Following God is a very delicate thing. When you are following God, you have to make um, room for examinations. The Bible says, examine yourself if you be in the faith. You have to make room for examination. So, always examining your spirit. Always examining yourself. Has God's work replaced God's weight? Because sometimes when people come to church, in the beginning, it was the word of God that kept them in church. Now, later they come to church, and because they are taking pictures in church now, they don't listen to the preaching again. 
So now God's work has now replaced God's word. Then, Jesus Christ told Mary, actually told Martha, he said, your, your, your sister Mary has to- chosen the good thing. He said, it shall not be taken from her. That means your work in the house of God can be taken from you. But anything you hear from in the word of God in church can never be taken from you. That realm cannot be taken from you. But anything you hear, anything you are doing for God, it can be taken from tomorrow. From tomorrow they can say, stop holding camera. Will you stop coming to church? You see? So, even, even with even soul winning, sometimes we, we keep our eye. Even with soul winning, sometimes we keep our eye on our motives. Keyword, motives. Because you can actually start out winning souls for the sake of souls. Let me say this. Years ago, we, we, we found ourselves doing it. Myself, my friends, we're winning souls passionately. It got to a time because we had now become master soul winners, we're now doing selective soul winning. We only win nice girls. <laughs> Do you understand? We now choose the souls. We don't win this one, we win that one. You know, the boldness of soul winning had come and we had gift of the spirit. So when we see a nice girl, we start prophesying. You will be afraid. Do you understand? Now it got to a time, some even took it further till now. They see a nice girl. Now, they don't, when they see ladies, they, they, they are still using soul winning, but they don't see a soul. They are seeing a potential girlfriend. See, so motives, the same thing he was doing, but now the motive has made it different. That's what Jesus Christ said, our works will be tried with fire. You see, some people come to church, and truly their aim for coming to church was they encounter the Lord. After one year, it's now girls that they've come to see. See, now, they are in the church, but they become agents of the devil. Like a roaring lion seeking whom they they will devour. (laughs) Now, when we talk about first love, remember he used the word first over there. You you notice that the trend, everything is first, first, first. Jesus Christ talked first, 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 first. Now, when it comes to love, all right, the, talking about, after talking about first love, we come to love for our, bre- our neighbor, all right, Jesus Christ made a statement. He said, if you are going to give an offering and you have ought against any, that means you have an issue with anybody, he said, first, somebody say first, go and settle your matter. As powerful as offering is all. God said, I don't want the offering now. Go and settle the matter now. To show you God's emphasis, you can never use a seed to replace love. That's why um, Paul said, he said, if I give my whole body to be pain and have not love, that means you can give and not have love. But you cannot have love and not give. It takes us back to motives. So, something scores this thing in this kingdom. And it's called our heart. Now, Jesus modeled love for us differently. Okay? He modeled love for us differently. The true life of God is, is the, the, the model Jesus Christ gave us. He said, if someone slap you on one side, he said, turn the other cheek. If someone... Snatch your phone. Call him back. Add the charger. (laughs) 
Do you understand? Is that going, is that going back and do what? Literally. Turn the cheek. Why, why won't you do it? There, there's, there's no suggestion of metaphorism by Jesus over here. Someone steals, someone steals your shirt. He said, add the suit. Tell the person that tomorrow hang the suit where you hang the shirt. Because incomplete, the person needs to wear your shirt and your suit. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We think love is, I'm going here. Eh? We think love is, I'm going here. And a car, uh, I'm driving, all right? And I've seen somebody. And I said, where are you going? I'm going, okay, I'm going there. Let's go. That's good, but that's not the measurement of the life of God, the love of God. The true measurement is, I'm going here, you are going there, yet I've gone to drop you before I went home. Where was the Bible says, someone say, and the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. It didn't say love your neighbor than yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself is different from love your neighbor than yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself means the same, that means if I have one, I should share it with my neighbor. I don't need to have two to show love. The one I have is enough to show love. Then Jesus Christ even lifted the bar. He said, love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? By giving himself for us. So sometimes, even in the measurement of the life of God, sometimes the last one you have, when your neighbor needs to give it to him and walk home. Oh, pastor, please. You know, if you don't come to this realm, you, are, you have not grown. It's not your tongues. It's not your tongues. If you don't come to this realm with God, you are not growing. And you have not grown. The, the proof that you have grown is that one of the things is you do not let the sun stay on your anger. Now, you ask a very important question. When you forgive the person, you see, forgiveness is a spiritual thing. You will know if you are forgiving a person. It's not by saying it. Sometimes people say, I've forgiven you, but I'll never have anything to do with you again. Sometimes it's right. Because love is not a synonym for naivety. Bible says we should be harmless as doves, but we should also be what? Wise as serpents. We should have the sagacity of a serpent. So sometimes when you see how, uh, how the people behave toward you, all right, and you know that if I go back into this, I'm going to get hurt again. You, you keep your distance. But make sure that in your heart, you are not holding a grudge. Because what God sees is not you saying I'm forgiving you. What God sees that in your heart. Now, I want to give you a key, a very important key now. If you want to truly forgive someone, all right, it's not about saying I'm forgiving you. You can sometimes forgive the person, but the bitterness is just, it's involuntary. You just can't do anything about it. It's like when you see the person, something just happens. There's this inner bitterness that comes. You know what you do? Go and pray for the person. It works. I know what I'm saying. Go and put yourself on your knees and start praying. Jesus Christ said, he said, pray for them. He said, pray for your enemies. Then he used another one. He said, even pray for... Uh, very commendable. And we're, we're on this topic, the, the, the law of the first, and we are the forgiveness. Uh, we're talking about love for one another. I told you how, how deep it is. To, 
You know, the, the, the true expression of the life of God at work in us is really the love of God in us. You see, it's not the, the size of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 um, that uh, if I speak with tongues of men and tongues of angels and I have not love, he said, I'm like a, a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So the, the, the work of the love of God in you is so key. Now, when the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay? Um, you, you see joy. Uh, it didn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It said the fruit of the Spirit is. It didn't say the fruits of the Spirit are. So, he said the fruit of the Spirit is. What is he trying to say? When, the reason why he mentioned love first is because you find all the others in love. You see, when you go to 1 Corinthians 13, you see um, love rejoices in, you know, joy is there. Love suffered long, that's long suffering. So all these um, things have love in them. All right. So all these things have love in them. So very, very important that we walk in the word of God as pertains to love. You see, and loving one another is, is, is um, let me read a scripture. I think people are complaining about the volume. If you can do something about the volume. The book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I'm reading verse 9 and 10. He said, and let us not be weary in well-doing. He said, don't be, no, let us not get tired in, in loving. The, the well-doing was actually giving, right? In well-doing, in, in, in giving, right? In expressing our love, right? So he says, let us not be weary in well-doing. He said, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, so he's talking about sowing, right? Now, verse 10, he says, as we have therefore opportunity. The word opportunity is so key over here. Right? That means he's telling us that giving is not supposed to be stressful. We're supposed to see giving and loving people as an opportunity. He said, and as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You see, emphasis, especially of those who are of the household of faith. Now, your Christian brothers, all right, and, and, and Christian sisters, and those in church with you, those in the faith with you, they are supposed to be an emphasis for you anytime you want to show love. We are supposed to love everyone, but he's showing us especially. Are you getting it? You know, I, I for one, for example, it's a personal decision. I've not seen it in the Bible. It's a personal decision due to this scripture. If I'm going to buy something and two shops, I know one is a Christian, one is not. I'm very likely to buy from the one who's a Christian. Very likely. It depends on other factors as well, but I'm very likely. Like, for example, one time I sat in an Uber, and um, me, if I sit in an Uber and your services are not good, I don't rate you. I don't rate you at all, so I just leave you. And just go. One time I sat in one, and the guy was playing gospel music. As I was playing gospel, I asked him, you want to go to church? He said, mentioned he goes to church here. 
I said, do you speak in tongues? Oh, he started speaking in tongues in the car. Immediately I look, I said, five star. Immediately I gave him five star. I am here, yeah, I'm kingdom bias. <laughs> it's not, I'm kingdom bias. I immediately gave him five star because especially those who have the highest order. When we go anywhere, we are supposed to rejoice when we meet our fellow brethren. You see? Especially those who are the household of faith. So we're supposed to rejoice when we meet our fellow brethren. And we're supposed to be happy and supposed to um, uh, express and show love to our brethren. So the law of the first is a first, go and settle your issue with your brother and then you can come and um, look at the issue. So that is it. So, what I, the one I would like to talk about for today, which is so important, um, I'm looking at using 10 minutes to, to talk about it. So, I've talked about the law of the first, the things that we need to settle. Now, the thing concerning kingdom order, I'd like to bring your mind to something. You see, establishing these orders and establishing these foundation stones, I call them foundation stones, establishing these foundation stones are responsible for seeing the, the, the fire of God or the glory of God in our generation or to seeing the hand of God in our generation. Now remember that Elijah, when Elijah was going to um, call down fire, when the prophets of Baal and everybody were there and Elijah wanted to call down fire, Elijah said something. When it was ready for him to call fire, he said, set 12 stones. Why 12 stones? You know, because Elijah had what we call prophetic intelligence. Elijah knows that it is not our tears that brings down fire. You see, there are foundation stones that we must set, that must bring down. Now, if our generation of Christians are going to see raw display of God, we will have to understand these foundations and understand these foundation stones so that we know the things that we must do to have the hand of God. So, if Elijah had a prophetic intelligence, he said, lay these stones. So, we have been mentioning these stones. Well, all these things I call the law of the first are actually all these stones. So, so, today I'm going to talk about the sixth stone, which is very, very important in the law of the first. Very, you know, I've talked about, we started from prayer. Prayer is a part, it's just one side of it. You know, you have to make sure the equation, prophetic, prophetically, the intelligence, the, 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 the equation must be set. When you said all these, there's one that, let me read a scripture to you. Proverbs chapter, chapter 30, Proverbs chapter 30. Look at this, verse 11. He said, there is a generation that cursed their father. And does not bless their mother. Verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. And yet is not washed from their filthiness. Hey, hold on. Go back to 11. 
There is a generation that cursed their father. That's our generation. Let me show you something. Malachi chapter 4. Verse 6. Okay, let's start from verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Now, Malachi is prophesying about John the Baptist. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he says, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a kiss. What is he saying? He says, In any generation that the heart of the children are not turned to the fathers, and the heart of the fathers are not turned to the children, he said, A curse will come upon that generation. We live in a generation today where people can stand on social media and insult fathers. He said there's a generation that cursed their fathers. He said when there's a generation where fatherhood is not honored. He said, honor thy father. When fatherhood is not honored, what happens? He said a curse comes upon the people. Don't be fooled by what is going on out there. And he says those generations, he said there's a generation that appear in their own eyes. They think they are right. They think they are right by correcting a father. You see, let me tell you, um, um, r- when it comes to the issue when you are dealing with fathers, it's not about whether you are right or wrong. Because right or wrong is lesser than truth. Truth is also lesser than wisdom. Because you can be right and it is not the truth. You can be saying the truth but not saying it in wisdom. Paul told Timothy, he said, he said, entreat an elder. He said, don't rebuke an elder publicly. Because, so you can be saying the right thing and have a point, but how you say it, mask it. And the curse comes upon you. One of the law of the first is fatherhood. Understanding the rudiments of fatherhood and honoring the fathers. There are men God set in your life. You see, what, one of the things that God helped me with early in my life is that I don't encroach the space of fathers. And, and when you are dealing with fathers, one of the, the things that you must, you must understand is your fathers can make a mistake. What you need to do is to focus on the good part of their life because there was a reason for which God brought them into your life. Fathers are God's system. Listen, fathers are God's system of fast-tracking your destiny. See, there's a generation. There's a generation that cursed their father. A man without a father will really go through, will really suffer. And look, if we can't trace you to a father, if we can't trace you to a father, when, when I started passing positive, every, my father has come to my church. Pastor Bino has come to my church to show that I'm, I'm not a, a spiritual bastard. Yeah, I'm, I have a father. I remember when we started one day and when we were in church, you know, there are so many young, young ministers like me, you know, no father. And they even talk against fathers. I cannot be too wise to talk against a father. My, my sense no reach there. I can't have too much sense to talk against the father. He doesn't have to be right. You know, he said, honor your father. And, and when you look into the Bible, the people who do not honor their fathers, a curse comes upon them. 
We cannot pass on a legacy. We cannot even have a legacy without the fathers. Because God does not, you know, that's, you have to understand. The anointing passes on from generation to generation to generation to generation. There's something I want to say, but I'm not sure if I should say it. It's for, it's for, it's for, it's for the deep mind. If you don't catch it, just don't, don't be... Uh, uh, if you don't understand, just hold it. Another day you understand it. Why did, why, why did God tell the wife to submit to the husband? Because in actual fact, Eve was the son of Adam. Eve was the son of Adam. That is how we understand that you can have a son without a woman. That is how God has a son. You don't need a woman to have a son. Eve came from Adam. God did not create Eve. God created Adam. God did not create Eve. So she came out of Adam. And God gave her a womb and started a system of how to bring in son through that system. But spiritually, you don't need a woman to have a son. That's why I told the wife to submit to the husband. Because the son. You see, the father, the father represents a spiritual kind of life and DNA and inheritance. And God put it like that. And God put it like that. Spiritually. So if in a generation people, let me tell you something. Sometimes, all right, let, let, me, let me just say this. Sometimes when we are having the live session, while I'm having the session, you see people trying to preach while I'm preaching. While I'm talking about something, they always say, you know, the, the, the Lord who says in this scripture, just put off, just go off their life and go and start your life. See, we are in a generation where social media and data has made people think they have an opinion. The fact that you have something to say doesn't mean you must say it. Sometimes when your father rebukes you, you just keep quiet. You might be right, but just keep quiet. So, you sit down over there and, and you see, how, how can Pastor Chris be preaching? And I will now be adding my rhema to his, his preaching. How can I, now I'll be adding my own revelation to what he's preaching. I mean, look, humility will tell you that. Just listen. Just say, respond to what he's saying. Catch it. Just get, and whatever you know, keep it. Must you talk? As you talk, honor your father. Said there's a generation. See, these are signs of corruption. These are signs that they don't know God because God is a father. When, when God is about to do a, a, a very big thing, one of the things that you see is that you start connecting fathers and sons. Fathers and sons. Because when there's a problem between fathers and sons, the devil can easily get in there. When there's a problem between fathers and sons, the devil can easily get in there. When I, when, look, when, 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 you know, there, there are men that God brought into my life and listening to them alone, 
listening to them alone. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't pay my, my father and the Lord, Pastor Vionlawa, I can't pay him for what he has taught me. I can't pay him. Some of the things he taught me by precept, some of the things he taught by, from afar, some of the things he taught me, I, by, I observed him. I can't pay. Today, when people come and say, man of God, you are this, man of God, you are that, I, I can't. I, I, I can't. There's no level in which I will get in this world. You know, that's, that's some people's deception. Sometimes God can even lift you and you become, in quotes, a little more prominent than even your father. It doesn't make you the new father. We don't use stardom to know fatherhood. Fatherhood is built on a premise of sacrifice. It's a state. We cannot curse our fathers. We cannot curse our fathers. You cannot speak against the fathers of the faith. Another time, I'll take, I'll take off time and, and we'll, we'll deal with this, with this topic very well the, on, 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 on the topic of fatherhood. Because if, sometimes it is, the, it is the abundance of knowledge that makes people puffed up. The abundance of knowledge. Now, Rema is everywhere. They can see a, a, a message on, 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 on Twitter. They can see a message on YouTube and they listen to it. So they think they also know. Look, if, if, if I get into a meeting, listen, if I get into a meeting with Pastor Bill and he says I should say something, the maximum, yesterday we were in a meeting, he said I should say something. How, how long did I talk? One minute. I don't have anything to say. When we're in church, People can hold my bag. Once we enter, his, uh, I collect my bag from everybody. Because I have entered into his territory. You see, you need to understand some of these small, small things. Are, these are in, the intelligence of authors. Angels will never honor you if you don't understand authority. And you see, the thing about fathers is, it's not power, it's authority. There's a face of God that fathers represent. Whether they were good to you or not. There's a face of God that fathers represent. Okay? And it's, it's an authority. You see, it's like a policeman. It's like a policeman. When a policeman stops a car, it is not because he is holy. The ability for the policeman to stop the car is the uniform he's wearing. It is not his power. He's, he's talking, he's working from someone else's power. So when, he's, when a man is your father, don't encroach those bodies. You see, we need, no, you see young ministers, pastors today, young ministers today, then the way they want to rise into becoming popular is by speaking against the doctrine of one particular man of God and say, eh, this one eh, was like this. This one was like, this one is preaching this. It's wrong. And like one, one young guy, young preacher, when Pastor Benny came to Ghana, ah, you, you don't have anyone say, what Pastor Benny preached is not the truth. And a young guy. Young boy. Small boy. Let me tell you something. When you find out a truth, all right, that you think is better than your father's own, it is possible because the glory of this latter house shall, shall be greater than the former. So God can reveal something to you that will be greater than what your father has taught you. All right? You don't say it. As a matter, listen, as a matter of, of, of uh, spiritual wisdom, you don't say it. You know what you do? You keep quiet. You keep quiet till. God raises you to the rank where you can now correct it. A day will come, you will come to that place and you can correct it from there and take on from where you stopped. But don't sit down and say, God has revealed a new thing to me. Something's wrong with you. 
It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Thank you, Jesus. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That the hand of God will rest mightily upon you. That God's hand will rest mighty upon you, even in the name of the Lord Jesus. That you walk in the blessing of God, even in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that blessing will function in your life, even in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Prosper and be in good health in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.